How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlik Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. Hey friends, how's it going? Xander Fryer here. I'm your host for the Shit You Don't Learn of College podcast. And today we're going to be talking to my new friend, Rob Deerdeck. Now, if you don't know Rob, Rob became a professional athlete at the age of 16 when he quit high school in the world of skateboarding. And he helped take his influence to build uh, brands, including a $500 million footwear and apparel company. Now, at the age of 32, he made his break into mainstream media with the premiere of his MTV hit show, Rob and Big, which led to a long career of other hit shows like Fantasy Factory and Ridiculousness. Since then, he's built multiple companies, set world records, and venture-backed 14 brands totaling over $450 million in revenue. And he does it all, making a lot of time for his own personal health, his wife and his family in Beverly Hills, and supporting his foundation that supports underprivileged youth to become entrepreneurs. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Uh, In it, we're going to talk about how he's been so successful in his career in so many different industries over the years, why so many entrepreneurs quit too early, and how to develop a do-or-die mentality. We're going to talk about the importance of never losing your childish curiosity and joy and fun in life, and why being attacked by a shark wasn't the scariest thing that's ever happened to him. You're not going to want to miss this episode. And don't forget, we only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it on social and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. And for all of our Sidlik fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlikbook.com to grab your copy of the number one bestseller, Shit You Don't Learn in College, available now. All right. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm Xander Fryer here today with my new friend, Rob Deerdeck. Rob, welcome to the show. Xander, thank you for having me. Beautiful, man. I appreciate you you coming on. I know uh, I know you said you haven't had the best internet recently, so I'm glad that we're going to be able to make this one work. Um, but I'd love to just kind of dig in. It, you know, you've been and I don't mean to you know, possibly give away your age here, but you've been on in the public eye for nearly 30 years or maybe even over 30 years now. Um, you've been in a lot of different hey, areas. Hey, hey, come on, come on, come on. 30, I w- hey, it would be amazing if I was on like television for like 30 years. But I, <laughs> at, let me, for the, your audience, I am 47 years old. There we go. And I never, I, the, when I got on TV, I was 32. 
when I did Robin yeah. Big for the first time and had this explosion of mainstream television fame, I was like already 32, but everybody thought I was like 22. You know what I mean? The same maybe, way that well, like- I was, I was a big fan of yours growing up because I was a skater. So maybe maybe to yeah. me, you were in the public eye for a lot longer than that then. Yeah. Hey, when you add the skate career together, if you were a skater, you are correct. Boy, I've, yeah. been, I've been at it for, for a solid 30. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do, I do appreciate that. But just like you mentioned, you've, you've been, you've been successful in a lot of different areas over the course of that career from, uh, you know, you and I were kind of talking about it before we, we started recording here. Um, you know, you left high school early to pursue your career as a professional skater. You've built, uh, brands inside the skateboarding arena, and then obviously making it into mainstream media. Uh, I, I believe Robin big was the first, the first mainstream media breakthrough there. Um, and then obviously multiple different TV shows, uh, entrepreneurship, and eventually uh, venture capitalist as well, um, investing and and seeding a lot of amazing companies. Um, I'd, I'd love to just hear, you know, I'm going to go the other direction because everybody's seen a lot of success in your career. What's maybe one of the biggest failures you've had in your career? You know, I, I think the the... I've had this like incredible ambition and drive to execute whatever idea I had. Yeah. Right. And it was the gift and the curse. Right. So you, yeah. um, whether you it was a good idea or it was a real shitty idea. <laughs> and that's the problem. Right. And, yeah. and then when you're not educated, right. And like you're not, you're choosing to just believe in your idea and yourself so much that you would be willing to risk it all for everything that you choose to do because your personal self-belief outweighs any desire to validate the idea or the venture you want to uh, jump into. And, and again, like, like anybody else that's ha- found an extraordinary amount of success, you look at all of these different like uh, failures in your life as part of your evolution, right? There's not some big key takeaway that changes me in any of them. They all continue to add to the toolkit that I, uh, that has created a much more dynamic, um, entrepreneur and risk taker, if you will. And look, there's, there's a lot of different things. There's bigger ones of when I wrote, produced and financed my own feature film and spent, you know, $2 million of my money and made no money from it. You know, when I acquired Alien Workshop and DNA distribution for $4 million and then just ended up giving it away. Um, You know, there's all of these different businesses along the way that I started that I thought for sure were going to be massive that failed. Um, and, And the beauty of it is, is, you know, through it all, you eventually begin to like realize like you can you start to see the triangulations and for anybody at any age at some point if you can finally stop and and reflect on everything you've done and ultimately what are the things you actually love to do and enjoy doing in the process of all the things that you've done if you can reflect on those pain points and those failures and really now build your future strategy behind them and the future life that you want to create for yourself, that is where these bigger um, failures and different things that didn't work can really create a lot of value for you. I I think that's really important, though, because for a lot of people, when we fail at something, we almost don't want to go look at it, right? It's like, oh, push that thing out of sight, out of mind. But from what I'm getting at, and tell me if I'm wrong, it sounds like you're saying like 
use that failure as a learning lesson, like take that and help that build your model for the future. Yeah. And look, and, and I, I'd say use experience. Yeah. You know, not just failure. Cause that you micro, you do little failures. You have little mistakes that are just as like, not nearly as painful, but can be highly impactful on your evolution. And yeah. then you have wins. Then you have things that work. You, you, all of these experiences together, um, basically give you the information that if you take the time to reflect on that, you're going to then change, evolve and build a new strategy going forward. So it's not only the, I had plenty of wins along that way too, right? I kept evolving and taking risks. Some would fail, some would really work. And together, I always looked at what am I learning from the good and the bad here and continue to continually evolving the strategy. So I'm constantly getting better at planting a flag in the future that I have more clarity on how to get to it, thus believing that I'm going to get there at a much deeper level. You know, I love that. Of, of, the, of the successes that you've had, is there any one that really stands out to you? And, and why is that one, you know, one that really stands out to you? I, you know, look, it, it's such a wide variety. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're talking like a guy who's like been attacked by a shark and a tiger and flipped a car and <laughs> and jumped a, a, a monster truck through an exploding RV in front of 40,000 people, launched a professional skateboarding league, uh, you know, has multiple television shows that, you know, are going to, you know, uh, are going to end up shooting, t- you know, a couple thousand episodes of a clip show that you created. Like, uh, you know, you have this amazing, beautiful family and life, like all of this stuff together is this beautiful body of work that I'm most proud Mm. of in the sense that I grew into the happiest, most fulfilled, balanced, um, purpose-driven, energetic, truly high-quality existence is what I evolved into through all that success, which I think is what I'm most proud of achieving, you know. I, I love that. And it, obviously getting to that point where you're truly in that place of, of purpose and fulfillment and alignment, uh, I'm, I'm sure there were times that you weren't at that yep. point. Maybe, maybe you were pursuing, you know, I think a, a lot of entrepreneurs when they're first starting off, sometimes they pursue from a place of lack or from a place of, of negativity almost. And it isn't until they achieve more and make some more money that they start to realize oh, the money alone or the fame alone is not really bringing me anything. I, I need to do something that really matters. Is that kind of an, ev- an evolution that you went through as well? Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I, I think that's the, 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 you know, I, that's too much of a traditional framework in my mind, right? Yeah. For those that are kind of using like the lack or trying to prove somebody wrong as yeah. drive and ambition, right? Like I, I never really lived through that. Like I, I had found success at an early age, uh, took risks and found success that built the belief system that allowed me to continue to take six, uh, take big risks. And they all began to evolve and I began to grow and they got bigger and bigger with time. The difference yeah. is, is I learned to um, 
begin to understand why am I doing it all? Like I would pocket all these things. Oh, I'm going to do this company because this is an amazing idea. This will be so fun. Oh, I'm going to like build this professional skateboarding league. Oh, I'm going to start building skate parks. Like, oh, it's like all these different things because you get excited about it. But because they seemed seemed fun to you. They were exciting to you. It's fun, exciting. And if you have the ability to do it, go out and do it. You know, it's sort of the every time another thing I wanted to do, go do it. But at the end of the day, like you're still you need to build, you're building a high quality life, you know, above all, you know, and and I think that that's sort of the, the process for me that I got better and better at over time, and chose my mastery to be like, how do you master life? And in sense, ultimately, time, energy, and capacity to basically go from thing to thing in every bit of your life filled with energy and joy and have the people around you that you love and meaningful relationships, have the time to do the stuff you love to do, take care of your body, take care of your mind, have great financial strategies and have an amazing career and then integrate all that together that is ultimately how you have a very high quality existence. And I think that drive to achieve that instead of the next thing was like the big game changer for me, you know? So speaking, speaking of, um, uh, you know, kind of that, that fun and that joy, um, I think you have, you have a very, uh, unique way of approaching life. And it's something I really admire because I think it's something that that I, I, uh, aspire to be as well. It's, you know, yeah, I want to have a purposeful life and, and I want to help people. And I don't want to serve others at the same time. If I'm not smiling and laughing and, and enjoying my ass off the way while I'm doing this, I'm, I'm doing something wrong. Right. And like yeah. you mentioned, you've been, uh, attacked by a tiger, attacked by a shark, jumped cars through, you know, all sorts of different shit. Right. Mm-hmm. It, have you always just been that person that just brings joy to life or, is that something you learned along the way? I, I want to figure out like how more people can do that. Yeah, and, and look, I, I I think it's it's something that I was born with, and and it never got stamped out. Yeah, you know, it, it's yeah. it's the idea that you know you have this. You know, we see the joy in children. I was going to say like, the four year old in all of us. It's just yeah, you never and, let that four year old die. I, and and it's like it never. I was I was afforded, and then like even though I had you know, fixed mindset parents and went to a fixed mindset school and, and was like, you can't be a pro skateboarder. You got to go to college and get a job. You can't quit high school to be a pro skateboarder. You know, all of these things, like he's going to have to get a job like the rest of us. Like it's a, even through all of that, I kept proving their fixed mindset wrong, which in turn then proved to me that like, no, you can like do things your way and chase like things that you're passionate about and will enjoy and have fun and take big risks because um, you begin to understand the process to actually achieve them. Right. It's that sort of aspect of it in is that, you know, not only could people and peers and family members stomp out the joy and your more impressionable age, but failure and and friends and colleagues can stomp out your joy as you're trying to begin to do it in your 20s. Yep. And then like life and marriage and age and these certain things could put pressure on you to, to stomp it out in your 30s going into your 40s, right? All, there's sort of all these places that it's possible. And for me, I just never allowed it to ever happen. 
or to ever happen and then continually evolved and understood how to get better at sort of protecting my energy, protecting my my sort of vision, and then ultimately controlling my own reality that allowed me to bring so many things to fruition as I envisioned them in a joyful, amazing, successful way, you know? Yeah. So you said, you mentioned protecting your energy and protecting protecting that mentality and that vision. What are, what are some things that you've had to do for that? Because I, I, I completely agree. I think a lot of starting entrepreneurs that I see, the biggest reason that they might not succeed has nothing to do with their capability. It has nothing to do with their idea. It has to do with the, the idea or the energy being stomped out by an external force. Do, yeah. you, do you have any thoughts on how to prevent that from happening? Yeah, and, and look, I, I, like, it's not as, like, to me, if you have the capability, then you had the wrong idea, right? Like, if um, the external force was a bad idea, right? Because what stomped it out is nobody bought the product. You couldn't generate revenue. No one else would give you money, and you had to give up. Right. Yeah. And because building a company of any type is extraordinarily difficult and dynamic. And for the most part, most people look at what the outcome of building that company can provide for for them rather than the process uh, and the systems they could create to actually get to that outcome. Right. And so most times, you know, most entrepreneurs that fail, they they pick an idea in an industry that they don't understand and then they you know lean into their background what their expertise is then they sort of brush over the other aspects of the business they don't understand and they they make they make believe in their mind what they what's actually needed when they don't fully understand it then when you start a company you you're hit with the reality of how much you don't know and then the, about the a big, third yeah, of the, the way big empty blocks that are, that are missing yeah it, it's like you you think you understand it you start it and then in about a third of the way through and this is almost with any goal or any big idea you ever set in life it will reveal itself to you about a about a third of the way through of your big idea uh, and it will then be this vast expansive depth that you've got to learn, understand, and get through. And that's where most people quit. The really driven people finally can see clearly what they actually need to do to to find success and make this business work, make this goal come true. And then they double down on what they need to do to achieve it. Then the, the further they get along, the more motivated they get because now they can feel the progression towards it. It's when you are spinning your wheels trying to figure it out, then you realize like, wow, this is actually what it's going to take. And when that feels insurmountable, that's when you quit as an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, I, 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 this, this is probably a perfect transition into uh, the do or die or mindset and, and your, your foundation. Cause I, I love this concept, um, especially in today's world. I think the barrier to entry to become an entrepreneur is probably lower than it's ever been in the world. Right. But because of that, like you mentioned, a lot of people start a business and then they'll get going with some of the easy stuff with what they know. Then they'll hit this, like like you said, about a third of the way through, they'll hit this, like this awareness where they start to see every, you know, the real gap of everything they don't know. And there's those people that because they got in so easily, they'll also quit really easily. And then there's the people that just don't have that in them. They have the drive and they're going to overcome this, this gap, right? 
So could you could you tell me about the the do or die or mindset and and obviously your new foundation, the do or die foundation that you guys have started? Yeah, and look, you know, for me, like I I I wanted to define like like my ambition and way of thinking uh, in a word, right? And it was you know the idea of do or die is like I only want to partner with do or dyers, right? Yeah, and for me, it was the grit, fortitude. Um, determination and ambition, uh, along with a relentless work ethic and an unwavering self-belief in your ability to create your own destiny, right? And and then they see it, they believe it, they do it. And to break that down, the fortitude, grit, determination, ambition—that's that that formula for that that extra effort and pushing through relentless work ethic is at the end of the day it's like you have to do the work to achieve anything yeah. but that unwavering uh pure self belief that you can create your own destiny is the only way you are only going to create anything significant in your lifetime and why i say see it believe it do it is you have to have a vision in order to create anything and you have to create a plan that you believe is possible, right? Like you, if you don't have the plan, then you're just hoping and wishing and you work really hard and hope for the best. But when you really believe it, when you understand a plan and see a pathway, you believe it. Then you can put in that energy effort and everything it takes to actually achieve it. And so to me, that's sort of the core of the people that I wanna build businesses with. And the reason we created the foundation is we want um, you know uh, kids from underserved communities and underrepresented communities to learn how to be the visionaries of their lives, right? Yeah. Like how to 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 understand how the entrepreneurial mindset works and how you have to like decide uh, a company you want to create, the product you want to create. Then how are you going to actually make that product? Who's that product going to buy? Who's going to buy that product? Where are they going to sell it? What does it cost? What does it cost you to make it? How much is left over in the end? All of these fundamentals of what it takes to be an entrepreneur, you can also apply to your life, you know, yeah. and to me, and this, this, when to I me, look this at, is the shit that you don't learn in college. This is why this is so powerful right. to me. This is amazing. Yeah. And, 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 and it's, it's the, you can learn it in business school, but yeah. seeing it through the lens of like looking at your life the same way, right. And understanding that th deciding where you're going to be in five years and then, um, creating the pathway to achieve that is going to now provide so much fuel, so much ambition, and ultimately give you a a a purpose and and pathway to actually change and evolve and become the ideal version of yourself. And ultimately, that's a mindset that I think, especially in in underrepresented communities and underappreciated individuals, is very rare that they get any access to that level of thinking. So through the foundation, you know, I put a million dollars into the foundation to start it, and then we have partnered with three different um, organizations that teach entrepreneurial education. Right, so uh, one to the youth, build.org. Um, recently incarcerated, previously incarcerated. Um, uh, and then we do competitions with them, see it, believe it, do it competitions where, hey, 
give us a, a vision for your life, the path that you're going to create it and what you, you're going to do to make sure it happens. And then we award them, we grant the winners with the, the clearest visions and the best ideas for their lives, um, capital to begin that process for them, you know. Uh, that's absolutely amazing. Are you guys, you, you said you guys are doing this in underprivileged communities in the U.S. or where are you guys doing this? Yeah, just in the U.S. and just partnering with existing uh, charities that have uh, already have programs in place so we can piggyback on them since we just launched, you know, rather than fully develop our own pro programs here in the very beginning. Amazing. At, at your at your level in your career, how important is this idea of service and giving back now, you know, especially with starting this foundation, how important is that for you? You know, I, look, I, I, I think it's just part of my existence, right? Yeah. It, the foundation's a way to scale it and, and create a program and a system that can be, um, you know, really help people evolve their sort of way of thinking, especially my vision for it long-term of really breaking your life into the six core um, sort of systems, which is your body system, your mind system, financial system, career system, people system, and fun and adventure system, and and learn to create, automate, and integrate these systems to to create a high quality energy and high quality life is sort of the mission um, that it is. But for me, uh, it, it's always been about like helping and supporting as many people as I can on many different levels, right? It's, it's never about yeah. a front facing foundation as much as it's really like, how do you just continue uh, to help mentor people that don't have access to someone like you? How do you provide capital for people that uh, don't have the same opportunity or the success that you have? And, and to me, um, being of service to just other human beings and deserving people, I just think is part of my nature, what I've sort of yeah. always done. And, and I would say that the, you know, the, the foundation is more of the front facing way to begin to share the philosophy of what I think can help a lot of people, you know, beautiful, man. I got a couple, a uh, couple of speed round questions for you. Speaking of the, I think you said it was the fun and adventure system, uh, what is your favorite stunt that you've done and why? Man, I, man, it's a highlight reel like no other, you know, like <laughs> I'm, you know, I, you know, I, I would, you know, flipping the car, you know, no one in the world has ever flipped a front engine car before, uh, before or since, you know, that was a pretty intense, hardcore one. That was probably <laughs> yeah. the most dangerous, um, getting attacked by a shark. I mean, can you really beat that? That's like, uh, such a remarkable, these are, these are the nightmares that I normally have and you're doing no, it on I, purpose. Hey, man. Hey, when it's a controlled nightmare, uh, it is, you know, I'd, I'd say the scariest thing I ever did was actually jockeying a horse for a race, you know, cause you're just like wide out in the open, uh, probably the, the scariest beyond the shark and even the tiger, you know, really? and, 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 and the one that, that sticks out with me the most is, is the final scene that I ever shot a fantasy factory you know, I jumped the battle corn, my monster truck through, you know, 43, 40 feet or 60 feet in the air through an exploding RV in front of 40,000 people. And it was the final thing I'd ever done. And then that night I asked my girlfriend at the time's father for permission to marry his daughter. 
And so it was, it was, you know, this incredible sort of moment of like this final stunt of your life and this transition to this entirely new uh, journey that you're very, about a to very go adrenaline on. filled day for you, huh? Oh yeah. But think about her dad is like such a bro and he's like, Oh, dude, of course, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. Like you know, after watching me like run the monster truck and be like, how could I say arena. no? <laughs> oh man. He was like, Oh yeah, let's go. Yeah. Let's do it. When do you want to do it? <laughs> uh, it's too funny. Um, I'm always, I'm always curious about, um, you know, successful people. What kind of, uh, what kind of habits, kind of routines do they have? Is there anything that you do uh, that you you'd say really helps you with success? I know you you've mentioned several times on this episode already the importance of your of your keeping your mind right, keeping your body right. Is there anything that you do specifically to help keep you successful? I mean, look, I am a data driven, um, highly what I like to call quantified, disciplined individual. Yeah. Um, I track all of my time. I track every single day. Did I get up at five? Did I brain train? Did I meditate? Did I get in the gym? Did I eat clean? Did I not drink? Um, and then I do qualitative data every single day, zero to 10. How do I feel about my life? How do I feel about my work? How do I feel about my health? Um, and I've done this for five or six years, right? Then yeah. I track all of my time. And, um, I can tell you despite last year of, you know, I did, I launched my podcast, did, you know, 40 podcasts, <clears throat> did 30 interviews, launched six companies, um, did 250 episodes of television, produced 320 episodes of television, um, and managed my personal family office. I did all of that, um, with 27% of my time, right? Because I wow. live this highly balanced, fully designed existence that I don't compromise uh, the time that I spend with my family or on my health. You know, and to give you an idea, you know, I meditated 352 days of 356, you know, and um, it's amazing because I track it and I set my goals to, I've gamified my discipline. So yeah. it makes me, it made me that much more focused to meditate, be in the gym and all these things. And then at the end of the year, I have this amazing data set, but I also track every day how I feel about my life, work and health. So, so you're getting, you're getting both the quantitative and the qualitative. That's right. And so I can see year over year how much happier I am based huh. off of how disciplined I am and how I've evolved in all aspects makes it, of my makes life. Makes it a lot easier to keep those routines when you do that, huh? And it, but but what I what I like to explain to people is at a certain at a certain point it's no longer you're not trying to do anything, it's how you live. Yeah. You no longer even think about it. Your schedule's built around your time to meditate, be in the gym, be with your family. You you're no longer it's that, it, that's it, the non-negotiable part. Right, but it's it it's effortless. You're not, I'm not trying to be disciplined. I now, it's a way of life. And what am I, I drive everything in my life to, to automation. And then when I get to automation, I, I can optimize. And at optimization, you make everything more, better, 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 higher quality, less effort, all these things. You know, I shot 250 episodes of ridiculousness last year. It was 4% of my total time. 
And wow. it's because I have optimized, automated and optimized the show to such an efficient way to where I could get it to that scale with that least amount of effort. And it has almost no bearing on my time and energy in the pursuit of my my venture side of my business and being a father and a healthy um, um, and wealthy individual for the rest of I my just, time. I just love the fact that you know that it only took up 4% of your overall time. That's oh, just incredible. amazing. That, that tells me that you're just tracking things that much better. Oh, it's it's... It's the most incredible, you know, it's a level, right? That it's extraordinary where you, you, you basically, everything in my calendar is tagged. And then in the in-between hours, as I go throughout the day, I tag the whole thing. So it's eventually, and then it goes from my calendar and pumps into a dashboard, right? Yeah. So all of these, I'm, it's gamified, like my discipline. And, and then in the beauty, the craziest thing is I worked less this year than I did in 2020 doing all of the stuff that I've done. And this by far the most like, you know, amount of stuff I have ever achieved in a single year was 2021, but it's, I worked less in the year and spent yeah. more time on my, my, the health side of my body. Cause I committed to it so much at a deeper level, which then makes it even more interesting because it's like, it's a case study in mastering time, energy, and capacity, and ultimately time efficacy, where yeah. like, you know, you either automate it or you hire somebody and then automate them. And that's how you have been able to get to such an extraordinary scale of execution, but not compromising your time. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a couple of things that I'm taking away from this and I want to make sure I'm getting it right. But the first one was, you know, it, it sounds like, you know, people, people are always kind of afraid of that structure because they want the freedom. And it's almost like your level of structure has created freedom for you, number one. Um, and then number two, it's like it's, it, it's discipline for a bit. But eventually, like you mentioned, it becomes automation and it just, it just kind of happens. And it's, it's almost easy at that point. Is that right? 100%. It, it's like two, two things. This level of discipline and level of automation, your existence is effortless and highly adaptive because yeah. everything, there's so much moving parts to everything. There's so much, so many people in the system, you can do whatever you want. And then it just slides down to the following days or gets rescheduled and, you know, whatever it may be. There's so much flexibility in, in, in the structure because you now control so much of your reality. But at the end of the day, you know, I always refer to it as the sacrifice paradigm where it's like you, you, um, you think that it's this incredible sacrifice to be this disciplined until all of a sudden you don't even think yeah. about it again. And now you have the output and you have the rewards of being that disciplined with zero effort. Right. Yeah, I, like, I, always, it's, I always tell people, I always tell people for me, it's like, if it, well, I guess right now I have COVID, so it's a little bit different, but like for me to not go to the gym, it's a lot harder for me than to just yeah. like, you, you'd have to fight me to prevent me from going to the gym or I guess give me COVID and that'll, that'll do the job. But maybe, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, I and, I, and I think it's the, I think that is with all aspects of, of, but people that hate the gym. Yeah. Like, and that, that then, then they constantly, but they, they hate the gym, but they hate the way they feel about themselves. And it's this constant, like, like 
push and pull of like, oh, I got to, I got to, I got to commit to it. And then you pull back and do it again. And to me, you know, I feel like there's, it's very hard when you've created a system where you're most comfortable with working the hours that you work. And the first thing that you always sacrifice is diet and and the gym, because the moment you're triggered or stressed, it's the first thing you want to go to is is a drink and a pizza and sitting on the couch, right? And forgetting about it all, then you'll get up the next day and get back in your your dysfunctional system, right? You've basically created a dysfunctional machine by design. And now it's so hard to break the whole machine because you can't um, change the whole machine because you can't just change. You can't just decide to be healthy without yeah. fixing a lot of aspects of your entire machine in order to get there, especially, uh, time, energy, and ultimately, you know, building your life in a, in a way where getting to the gym is easy, which you've done naturally. So when you say, I can't imagine not going there, you've built a life that time, put a time slot in for you to go to the gym. And that's that. Like, and you can't imagine not doing it, right? And, but the people that, that they've built a time to have a coffee and catch up on emails in that time. And yep. so it's, that's part of their system and their functionality. And it's, it's really hard to break those rhythms to change when they that. become, when they become part of your core operating system, you know? Yeah. Um, one more, one more question for you. And I don't know, uh, the best way for you to answer this, but I ask it to everybody because it is, uh, you know, what's, what's the one thing that you wish, uh, was taught in college. Now I know you didn't go to college, but maybe what's the one thing that you wish more people were taught in, in school in general? I, look, I, I, the thing that is just absolutely missing is teaching personal P and L, right? Like yeah. if you can just understand that, you know, your life becomes this sort of like, clear matrix as it relates to your financial desires and what you're hoping to achieve in your lifetime as it relates to money because really money is about like how much income do i need to live the lifestyle that i want to live right and then i'm saving money because i want to be able to continue that lifestyle without working and and at the end of the day like teaching fundamentally just a handful of different paths that would get you there and really understanding and you choosing your path understanding if you you know focus on going to college and getting a job that's entry level 80 and it can lead to 200 that in the beginning when you're you know making 80,000 that you know 30,000 of that's going to go to taxes you're going to be left with 50 so you can't spend uh 5,000 a month like you yeah. have to try to spend 2500 a month and start putting away a thousand a month if you want to um, get to a place where you eventually want to continue that lifestyle when you start to make 200,000 like you know increase it a little bit but invest in the investment process that you've created or profile you've created for yourself based off of your goals it's just this idea of fundamentally teaching somebody how money works and how it's financial uh, literacy is, is what it really is. That's what I'm saying. And financial literacy, and then, then tie it to sort of your personal identity and personal needs, right? Yeah. Like if you really like, like need to, to, to drive a Lamborghini and live in a million multi million dollar home, fine. 
Like then add that. Here's the strategy that you need. You can get yourself there. Build that into your plan. My financial plan was extraordinary, extraordinarily aggressive. You know what I mean? And but it was tied to my identity because I do like like, you know, having five or six cars and, you know, really, really premium, extraordinarily expensive real estate, you know, and but it's behind the lifestyle that I wanted to lead. And ultimately, it doesn't matter how much money I make, I still created a financial plan where I invested, um, you know, the prime, primary dollars into cash flowing real estate. So even though I have all these companies make all of this ordinary income and long term capital gains from all my ventures and television, all this different stuff, I, my life is still paid from the cash flowing real estate that I have. And all I do is continue to feed that system and, and continue to invest in it. Right. And that was the system that I created for myself um, in order to, to based off of the needs that I had. But it's just any any level of growing into that and really understanding that financial literacy in a, in a way that's applicable rather than another class you're just checking off, right? It's like really like teaching you how to make decisions on when and if you should buy a house, what type of apartment and what are the ramifications to your life P&L and your long-term like investment goals, right? Like it's, it's all of that. So it's this more practical approach of how you use money to make yourself comfortable and ultimately when you're taking risks, why you're taking risks, because you're trying to uh, create a bigger pot, a better plan, a better opportunity for yourself. Uh, it's just not something that is taught like even to this day, even though people scream it from the mountaintops all the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, man. Rob, this has been absolutely epic. I think our audience is going to get a ton from this episode. Uh, where can people learn more about you, about your foundation, about Deer Deck Machine and all your venture capitalist ventures? Uh, where can they get more of you? Uh, everything is at DeerDeckMachine.com and all the Deer Deck Machine social handles and all my stuff is just Rob Deer Deck. <laughs> Perfect, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show, boss. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, look, I hope you heal up well. You seem pretty good for COVID, but I hope it I hope it stays that way. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, brother. All right. That's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton.